if it's what you said, I was like, I'm going to kill myself if I don't have an audience. Like, I was like, how do I express myself? I'm going to explode. Like, I don't have anyone to talk to. My cats are sick of me. (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to? Ran these bits by my cats four times or (laughs) sick of it. They just don't even laugh anymore. But I I mean, I just required that stage time. And that's what, and so if I was freaking out about it, I can't imagine how many people were like just losing their, because my entire identity is built around comedy. That's right. So to pull it away was like, right. Well, who am I? Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. And then it's just sad. Cause like, we're, we're you know, where do you walk around and the whole, it's like comedy is like sort of a religion where it's like, everything's funny. But if you can't like express how everything's funny and then everything's just sad. Yeah. 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 In a way, right. <laughs> everything's yeah. just sad. Why like are you, you laughing? The world's on fire, motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, laughing, you're crying. I don't know. Exactly. Like, and then dude, the audiences here have been, so fucking committed and like one, one time we did a show here and mm-hmm. it was like 50 degrees the heaters weren't working and like the wind was coming in and these people stayed for the entire show and wow, were laughing yeah. and engaged the entire time and i'm like this is crazy like yeah, that's it, rad dude. yeah like no one like if this was in ventura people would have fucking left for like, sure halfway through yeah, yeah. the but comics would have took off like an hour ago. yeah yeah but like people are committed to comedy i love it so much and i think it also has to do with like that's why i don't believe in cancel culture anymore i do to an extent but like not really like, I think, like, people say, like, San Francisco's, like, soft, and, like, they say all this. It's like, no, these people were... We're so soft. They say that, but, like, in terms of jokes, like, <laughs> I think some sometimes it hits a little harder because everyone has a nine-to-five job, mm. and they're, like, when they hear someone say shit, they're like, oh, shit, yes. Like, you're, I can't say this at work, you know? Like, they sure. like they get off to it almost, which yeah. is great because I get off to comedy, and we're both getting off, and... Yeah. Yeah. No, audiences here, I think they're incredibly <laughs> forgiving. I think in Seattle is where they... They like the smell of their own farts. I, I yeah. obliquely fat shamed someone, like a, the tiniest bit of fat shaming, and the audience just turned against me. And I'm like, fat shaming? Yeah. This is where you draw the. This <laughs> is weird, right? This is the line yeah. for the white lady with the no. anorexia jokes. Oh, is that I can't do any fat shaming. Yeah, Come a buddy, on. A buddy did a, a fat joke. He's talking about his son, and it's actually a fucking murderous joke. I'm not going to do it, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a funny joke, and somebody in the audience booed him. Uh, like and I was like I've rarely seen a boo and I think it's a funny it is a funny joke and uh yeah it's just it's just funny like the, the yeah where people know. decide to pull back but it's just their jokes you know it's yeah. like this this one joke out of twenty like you didn't like and now you're offended like all right yeah it's it's a, you you see a it, it, if someone happened to me I did one like Instagram thing and everyone got like I'm like I've made you laugh in shows and things it's like what if she was a musician. I was like, what if you made one song? I didn't like it. And I was like, right. I don't like you as an artist skip. anymore. Yeah. Skip, skip, all man. I do is skip. I don't tell you about it. Right. I, I just, I don't yeah. say I hate that song. I'm just like, I don't discredit you as a fucking musician. As an individual. As an individual. Fuck you and everything you're about. <laughs> that's, see, that's kind of what's weird. I feel like the last couple of years, dude, it's so divisive. Almost any subject in this country can be so polarizing, whether it's the vaccine or politics or it used to be religion. Honestly, I think it's an easier time fucking talking about religion these days. Yeah. Certain things are just like, tr- like they're just fucking have a hard set opinion one way or another, yeah. you know, and, and with comedy, it's like, dude, we're, these are jokes, man. Yeah. And sometimes, especially at open mics, we're trying to work it out where it's like not, this isn't what I truly believe up here, man. The amount yeah. of Jew jokes I do <laughs> as a Jewish guy, it's like, yeah, dude, this isn't what I believe. These are jokes. Calm down, you know? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Chris Stefano do. It. That was my first time seeing someone do an hour. I saw him at the Irvine Improv, nice. and uh, the, like, like I was saying earlier, how the comedy is kind of a new religion. Like he said everything about the whole year, and he was just completely down the middle. And it was like there was like races and religions. Everyone, but everyone could agree what he was saying mm-hmm. in a way. Like it almost like he made like the middle ground for everyone because he just like made fun of the entire fucking year. And right. like every, like oh, I'm excited to see everyone's hour after this whole thing like sure it's gonna be fucking crazy yeah chrissy d yeah he's he's good i just found him like a year and a half ago man yeah he's hilarious he's so good yeah yeah and like yeah he just talked about like vaccine and like the whole bullshit and just like basically was like right down the middle and just everyone was just like yeah, laughing that's what's, and that's what's hard about agreed. that topic yeah. like you bring that up and it's like you kind of yeah. have to be right down the fucking middle because yeah. it's like both sides i guess if you're poking fun of both sides and as the comedian you're in the middle right? yeah i think carlin really tried to do that where it's like he didn't have a side. He was just pointing out the absurdity exactly, of, yeah, exactly what he did, of yeah. all this shit. And that's cool. Like, cause yeah. I like hearing people and like, that's, what's cool about comedy, dude. Like everyone's individual background is going to give you what style of comedy, right? Yeah. Like the blue collar comedy to like Dave Chappelle. They're so drastically different, yeah. but enjoyable. Yeah. Like, uh, so you'd say Louie was like your first guy that you saw. Yeah. I remember watching, uh, Louie, the show 
And yeah, I remember watching it, and I remember thinking like, this is just so it's so real. Yeah, like, it feels like it was phenomenal. The way it was filmed, the way like this is yeah. it's sad. You, you know, know and, like, he did that right. Yeah. He wrote them and edited them. And, he wrote it. He yeah. uh, he edited everything on his laptop. I think. Yeah. And like I just remember thinking like every other show I've ever watched is just so like you know like kind of fake. You know, you have laugh sure. tracks and they're always trying to the pretend like they're happy. Unwatchable. Yeah. Days, dude. They, they everyone's like pretending like they're happy and like Louis yeah. is just like so fucking real. Like he's yeah. not happy and you could tell. And oh, I love it. That's why I like shot. Louis. Yeah. Dude, the first yeah. time I saw Louis do because he was so mean about his daughters, I fucking didn't like it. Oh, and it's kind of like you said, dude. Like, I was like, fuck that guy. I didn't go on some social media round or nothing. I just turned it off, right? Yeah. Then I, I, I remember my uncle being like, no, give, give him another chance, man. He's really funny. And I, I put it back on, and I'm like, dude. And I had the realization, like, dude, these are just jokes. Because yeah. I remember when he's talking about his daughters, I'm like, they're going to hear this one day. This is really mean, <laughs> right? So I didn't think it was funny. But then I'm like, dude, these are jokes. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is yeah. his truth. This is what. But again, if you don't find that shit funny, just turn it off, man. You don't have to go on Yelp yeah. and write a 20. 20 page review that Louie doesn't give a fuck whether or not you liked his stuff. Oh, yeah. He wrote and directed Pootie Tang. He did? I he think did. I did. Louis C.K. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. No. He's done wrote a lot and of stuff, directed. Yeah. yeah, he's done. And that, he's, and that was like in the early 2000s. Right. Yeah, he's he's genius. And I <laughs> all that, well, no, all that Me Too stuff and all that stuff that happened, it's like, but in his jokes, he talks about he his tiny dick <laughs> and like yeah. masturbating and all this stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, like, as a woman and as a comedian, if you would have confronted me and was like, I'd be like, yeah, whip out your tiny dick. I'm going to make fun of you while you, yeah, let's see if it's as small as it is in your jokes. Go ahead. And then I'd fucking talk shit to him the whole time and be like, look at that. Look at your fucked up little dick. Probably probably be stoked on it. He would love it. Right? Like, like Isaiah said, you watched his show. There's literally an episode where he says that. I don't know if you remember that episode. Uh, After you watch it. So it's like, I mean, I, it was disappointing. I will say that to hear that, but it was like it's not surprising as not a fan. Surprising. Like I listened to his comedy. I'm like, yeah, dude, he's a rough, fucking guy, yeah. you know. But yeah. it, it is it is disheartening when you hear it. And the Me Too thing, I was like, yeah, some of those guys, yeah, fuck those guys. Or it's like, but they were allowed to do this for how many decades? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like fucking Weinstein and Cosby were like doing this for fucking decades. Well, it was called a casting couch for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was like a whole. Right. Well, the, that's the, the thing. stereotype yeah. and the trope wouldn't exist if it wasn't a thing. That's like, the thing. Like we we knew what was going on as like you know just fans. Like we'd hear that we're like yeah. this person slept with this person to get the gig, and and I'm not saying Harvey Weinstein isn't a horrible fucking monster. Like, but, yeah, but it's course. just that should have been stopped twenty fucking thirty years ago. Like, sure. You know, Cosby too. It's like people knew about this. And I was like, no one ever brought Mitzi <laughs> Shore to task. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've heard stories. It's like all right. Hey, I'd do it to be a regular fuck that, comedy wow. store. Kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll hook up with Mitzi for a spot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would too. I, but she never liked girls. Oh, <laughs> I don't think she was into them. Yeah, it's just an interesting gray area, and people don't really want to talk about it. It was like maybe that person didn't mind. Like, it's like, all right, dude, I hooked up with this person. Now my career's better. Like, yeah. were they all, like, upset? I mean, again, Weinstein was, like, a little... Well, but close. the like, flip side is when, you... if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to tank your career. Course, and that's right. what that's he did to, like, up. Mira Sorvino. Yeah, or a lot of people where it's, like... Uh, again, that's where the de- more devilish right. thing... We're saying with Louis, like, asking a woman, hey, can I masturbate in front of you? It's, like, it's gross and off-color. But it's, like, <laughs> he asked, right? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Where it's, like... And he didn't... I, I don't know. I, I, there was rumors that he did make threats to ruin those women's career i don't know how true that is that's where mm-hmm. it gets more devilish sure yeah where it's like yeah guys are white why gal is that white devil why gal oh yeah yeah that's probably why that adorable little chinese girl said that <laughs> i see right through your <laughs> smile yeah i think it's a big problem when uh, guys get famous and they haven't they didn't know how to get girls before they were famous right yeah that's, that's probably, a big yeah. that's a big problem because then you have resentment and you have like against women and then you have like this whole power thing and you use that instead of right. but if you're getting girls before you're famous you're not gonna have you're not gonna be weird and creepy and fucking have that power that power thing over him sure well that's what yeah. i mean that gets where it gets demonic is that yeah. like power control and like if you don't do this something bad's gonna happen to yeah. you it's like that's yeah those those people yeah they didn't know how to get laid before yeah yeah, yeah which is not yeah. so cool well i'd like to thank you Isaiah, for Thank being you. here, telling the stories. 
Yeah, that was fun, man. Funny. Yeah, dude, and again, I'm really stoked on everything you're doing, man. I'm stoked, man. I, you're, I saw your inventory. You put on some shows and stuff. And I put on one, put on. and again, it was a little stressful. So I was like... Yeah, I put on a show before one, and then after that, I was like, yeah, yeah. it was hard. It's hard. Yeah, so on that note, yeah, Pam, thank you. Cause I know thank you for coming all the way yeah. up. I'm so excited yeah. to see everybody's jokes and have fun for this whole weekend. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you again, and uh, this has been another episode of Boomtown Chronicles. Thank you guys for listening. Thank all you. the best, everybody. Spitty ops when the bass faces fix the deepest cuts, they the sickest. Then we just make you think you boom with a quickness. This is what's the haps when I go to do my sp- cause the word got around about you cool cats. When the beats be very thick The hands, the feet, the brown baby treat The femmes fumble loose and drink the doodle juice The step, the flams, the planets got damp The peoples get a grip with the tape from a jam A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk uh-huh, A nickel bag of funk, a nickel bag of funk The big, the fat, the cool, cool cats The psychedelic soul puts the planets on the map The chic, the love, the far out name the main why we came the boogie gets done the colors won't run the funk hits the square the kids gotta come the pizza with the pop the west fourth stop the crew after crew that do the grasshop the true cool is black the new school is fat the beats by the ounce the funk by the pack the groove is the fix the jitterbugs fix the hanging up the butts with the fat so kicks that's my nickel bag of funk my nickel bag of funk a nickel bag of funk a nickel bag of funk i said a nickel bag of funk a nickel bag of funk Jeans, the naughty naughty hair, the twinkle in the eye, the kids is living fly, the crew from the sky, the stuff that gets you high, the action, the work for the rhyme, we goes the whole nine. The papers won't rot, the vapors get got, the streets get the buzz, the funk up your block, the opium groove, the smacked out soul, the kicking it live, the fat gotta roll with my nickel back of funk, my nickel back of funk, a nickel back of funk, your nickel back of funk, yes, a nickel back of funk, a nick back. Ladybug will hit you with a nickel bag, a nickel bag, a nickel bag, but a 
fly, hit you with a nickel bag, a nickel bag, a nickel bag. Doodle bugger hit you with his nickel bag, a nickel bag, a nickel bag. DP's always hit you with a nickel bag. To the gals, I am hip. The funky naturals is the ones. Are you hip? If you disassist, then you ain't acting hip. Check doodle silk and butter, cause we be black and hip. Silky like jazz, silky beats to move the hip. Milky with pizzazz, kinda chic and very hip. The chocolate and the braids and the eyes be so hip. The insects for the units getting live, getting hip. The gardens know the city sprouts, ferns, and tulips. A sexy high followed by requests to do it. When Funky does is draping off the curves of a vixen. And fig leaf sugar starts to sprout, elixir, and roll with the lines. Damn, they be fine. Axe tea from the deep, we heard it through the vine. I keep cans of bait for the fishes in aquariums. Boosting me with verve like Marine Boy's aqua gum. Spoon units, spoon units. Coucher avec moi. Swoon units. Swoon units. I love them so I speak it so booming. Yeah. Swoon units. Swoon units. Run and tell your mom about this. This. The original swarm, whether cold, weather warm. I, the doodlebug, knowledge every form. It's a beautiful day by the park. Take a seat as wisdoms float by, keeping doodlebug in heat. Chocolate treats, silky bronze skin. Butter sees what I see and gives me a grin. All is good in the land of the honey dip lovely. Don't wanna be him just to see him. Ow, ow. Oh, that's ow. what's happening, y'all. Yeah, that's what's happening. Oh, I see what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> I see what's happening. Yeah, man. Cocoon Club. Earth, baby. Digging on you cats and birds. Simultaneously hipping up the nerds. We're on tour with the moon, opening up for the sun, you know. And these cats ask me, man, what are you cats doing, man? I just laugh. <laughs> I said, reaching, kid, refuting time, space and rhyme. Think of what you could do if time belonged to you. A heavy thought is that it does. Now, now hit somebody else. Now hit somebody else. One day, uh, while sipping some groove juice, I realized that in the span of time, we're just babies. 
It's all relative, time is unreal. We're just babies, we're just babies, man. 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 Every man's a planet, and the props are there to get it. Intellectual together with the spirit in our orbit. Life it comes and goes, and you do not punch a clock. I don't take shit for granted. I think of Scott LaRock. Also of Terrell and the battles at the borders. My cousins in the joint and the homeless gripping quarters. The forest are all shrinking. There's deepness to my thinking. Don't cover up the nappy. Be happy with your kinking. Dwelling, yes, you're dwelling as the norm is itty bitty. Figure 850 for a smidgen of this city. In the Serengeti, get ready for a box. But beware of the shanks and the pistols and the glocks. If your peoples don't get you, you still ain't off clean. The politician's mask is worse than Halloween. I think the funky strips, so you know I got to kick them. Now tell me who's the big Tell me who's the victims, everybody. So what? It's really what? If the funk don't move your butt. And if the box don't make you hot. And if the cats don't get the raps. And if your life ain't got no spice. Or if the guns just wreck your fun. Or if some shouts ain't in the house. Or if your crew ain't down with you. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Welcome to Cookie Monsters Podcast, baby. This is Eric Island, the one and only, a.k.a. Deacon of Sneakin', a.k.a. the fool with all the tools. The flavor you savor, giving game to all my friends and neighbors. Man, welcome to the world premiere of Cookie Monsters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We in the building broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio FM down in San Francisco, California. Man, I'm glad all of y'all are tapping in with me today. Man, we got a live show, man. We're going to be here for a quick minute just check, ke- catching in on the ones and twos. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of tapping in with the people. So for those of you guys who don't know, 
whole Cookie Monsters uh, concept comes from uh, basically giving love to our women. We're going to be talking about sex and relationships. Um, there's no way in any way to demean or degrade any women. It's really just to uh, uplift and motivate and give you guys all the power and respect that we know you are about. Now, in the building today, man, we got a special guest in the building, uh, Miss Pam Benjamin. She's running the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival down here in San Francisco, California. Uh, she's going to tap in with us for a little bit. Is there anything that's off limits that we can't talk about? No. And on Mutiny Radio, you can F-bomb and you can say anything you want. So. Oh, man. We're about to get into some real stuff, then. Yeah. We're about to get into some real stuff. So uh, my whole premise uh, when we first started this podcast was really just to uh, shine light on women. So oh. before I get off into that, I want to uh, just give you a minute to kind of give my viewers uh, some background on yourself, how you got into the comedy game, and how this Mutiny uh, Radio Festival came to life. Well, first I have to tell you, I have a cookie tattoo. Hey! Yes! I did not know that. Okay. So uh, clearly we're kindred spirits. I love cookies. Uh, and I like the euphemism. I like the metaphor for women's girly parts. I think that's really <laughs> nice. I have a tasty cookie. Hey! Um, yeah, Mutiny Radio has been in existence since 2011. I took over as the director in 2013, and I did the first comedy festival in 2016. So this is the sixth year. And even in 2020, my festival used to be in March. So it was always like the first through the fifth or the first through the seventh of March. And so we had the 2020 festival right before COVID hit. Oh, wow. So there are a bunch of comics here and we were doing everything and it was super fun. And then COVID shut down and it was like, ah, but I got to do my festival. So I didn't have to take a year off, which made me really happy and excited. So uh, sixth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We've got 75 comics, six venues, 24 shows, all these master classes and podcasts. And it's just been great to get to know a bunch of different comics from all over the United States. And for them to get to know each other, because whenever we go wherever, you know, now we have connections. And so I think that's important in comedy and like providing those kind of first connections for people to right. start doing more traveling. And most definitely. Yeah. Do more festivals, have somewhere to stay, a couch to crash on. Et that cetera, part, et cetera. man, that's it. That's important. That's important. Yeah. So how long have you been doing comedy yourself? And what was your 10 plus years? I started my first set was July 17th, 2011. Okay. Yeah, so... What what made you migrate that way? I mean... Well, I have an MFA in poetry, so I come from a poetry background. Okay. And I love poetry. I just didn't have enough stage time. So I stopped... It really, it was really what it was, because I love performing so much. And I used to be a dancer, and I was an actor, all these things, right? And so I love stage time. And with poetry, and I love expressing myself, and I loved poetry because it was like, in hey, my heart and soul, and such, and I'm memorizing my work, I'm so pretentious, I'm so smart. Yeah. And that's so clever, and all that. But audiences don't necessarily want to listen to like poems about my third abortion, but my jokes about my third abortion are hilarious. <laughs> like they're super hilarious. And I've only had two abortions, the third is just for comic effect. So, but yeah, I've been doing it for over 10 years now, and I love, I mean, I love stand-up comedy so much. Man, that is interesting. <laughs> and we are kind of like kindred spirits because I migrated into comedy um, through the theater as well. Oh, cool. And I got off into theater really late in life, just fell in love with it, got the bug, and just like I couldn't stay off the of stage. But yeah. then it's so uh, heartbreaking when you go to these auditions and you're like, I oh, know I got this part, I killed it in the audition, and then you don't get picked. Right. And so a lot of times I would finish up shows and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And so comedy gave me an opportunity to get on stage and kind of keep that effect of being able to entertain and put smiles on people's faces. So uh, that's definitely one of the things that we do have in common. And theater's terrible because you get cast, but then you have to do all this work and rehearsal and memorizing and blocking costumes and sets and props and blah, blah, blah. I used to own a theater company too oh my God. years and years ago and so you do all of this work and then you have like four shows a week for four <laughs> weeks and that's it you become like best friends with these people that you bond with and you have this right. project together and then all of a sudden poof it's gone, it's gone. and it's like oh wait a minute where did my friend group go when is my next show happening but as a producer of a theater it was it was awful there's so many just the prop sets, costumes, all that. But that's why I love radio, and that's why I love stand-up, is you provide your own costume. Right. All it is is a microphone. 
the set is already there for you. Facts. So it's, and you get to write your own script. So it was the same, it like, it hits all my buttons where it's like, I love being on stage. I just, all that work was right. just like, <laughs> and it's, it's, brutal, it's brutal on relationships oh, because yeah. people who are not from that world don't really understand the much time that you have to invest in, you know, getting up there and putting on a good show because yeah. none of us want to get up there and make an ass of ourselves. You know, you want to yeah. have your lines memorized. You want to be able to emote. Yeah. And people that don't come from that world, I've lost uh, so many lady friends because like, you don't have time for me. And I'm like, you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like. There's a lot of time that goes into it besides just being up on that stage. So, yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, every relationship I've ever had has been completely destroyed by comedy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I don't, I, I realize that at this festival time, you know, I'm trying to sell tickets and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't have any friends. Right that aren't comedians. And sometimes I don't even consider comedians my friends. I think that I think they're friends and then they're just acquaintances. And then my heart gets broken because I feel like we're supposed to be friends. And then I, you know, but we're not. We just all happen to be in the same place at the same time. So I've learned a lot of lessons though about people and how much to trust people and how much not to trust people. But that's the beauty of stand-up. It's just you. So the only person you have to trust is yourself. Right. I mean, it's like being a boxer in the ring. I mean, mm -hmm. but it is a brutal, uh, wide awakening fact when you find out your somebody you think is your friend is really just your acquaintance yeah. it is oh man it is heartbreaking i i've been in i've actually been dealing with that quite a bit lately because even though i'm kind of to myself and i can gravitate and do a lot of things on my own i like being part of a team sure and so you know i'm kind of loyal to the soil type of person so once i dig in i'm like you my people right i expect the same energy in return and mm -hmm. so when you don't get that it can be a little bit disheartening yeah so we gonna tap in man we gonna go ahead and get this thing going man we got some uh interesting questions that i have put awesome. out to the uh viewership cool. and i got some interesting responses so um we go tap in and just let you uh answer these questions and i'm gonna answer them with you and then we'll check in with the viewership and um see what they have to say about it fantastic um so the first question is what's the oldest age you could have a threesome and why? What's the oldest age? I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put a cap on that. Why would anybody put a cap on a on a threesome? I think that eighty year olds should be able to fuck. I, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Like if I'm if I'm if eighty years old, I reach and in a group home of old people, I am. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna be the sexiest bitch on the motherfucking block. Right. Like right? <laughs> I'm gonna like I'm gonna of course I threesomes. Why 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 stop it at three? Why not five? Like why old people orgies? Like what else are you gonna do when you're old? Drink and fuck. I'm like what you. else do you have? Drugs? I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably gonna be the old dude at the nursing home that's really still trying to get it on. If I can get yeah. it up, I'm trying to get it on. Well, there's Viagra for that. You're fine. And you know what, guys? Like you can. Uh, you you can use your hands. You can, there's all <laughs> kinds of things you can use if it doesn't, you know, if it's not performing, it's, you know. I think the question really came up because what I have found is that there's an interesting question that happens when you get to a certain, I'm 40 plus. Mm, and too. so when you get to dating, you have these questions and things. I've watched a lot of reality TV. And so I see on reality TV, a lot of these couples who are like, as they quote unquote, gay for the weekend. Uh, they bring other people into their relationships, and I always wonder how that worked in the real world, so to speak. And a lot of the ladies that I talk to is like, oh, I did that in college, or oh, you know, I'm past that. Um, you know, I'm not into it. And so mm. uh, that's where the question was coming from. Like, is there an age limit to having threesomes? Because a lot of the people I ran into always seemed like either they had did it or they just weren't interested. So I would say that it also depends if you're in a if you're in a relationship or not. Like if you're just a person and you're a free agent, yeah, threesomes all forever. But if I was like in a married if I was like married or something lame like that, then I might be like, well, you know, I'm an adult and there's a cap on that or whatever. Or, but then I wouldn't. I'd be like, let's fucking take some MDMA and see what happens with you know fucking Cindy. <laughs> I believe that though. I mean. There are a lot of people that have that same sentiment. Um, I haven't ran into a lot, but I've seen and, and talked to uh, a lot of people who seem to feel like, hey, man, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, life is about the spice of life and being able to do and have fun mm -hmm. and do all those things. So 
Heck yeah. I'm most definitely about it. Now, I had a uh, comment from one of our, our viewers, and I'm trying to pull it up so that I could uh, share that with you guys. And they were, of course, it would be one of those situations where I have to go to another medium in order to see it. The sentiment from two of the viewers were like, there wasn't an age limit on the threesome, but they just weren't interested in it. Oh. And, and I think there's some trust issues and things of that nature that was going on. And so um, that never happened. Well, I, I mean, a couple, it was, it was a couple weeks ago, but I had like a, I, I guess it would be a foursome, but it was a gay guy. It was a gay guy, a bi guy, and a straight guy, and me. And we all were pretty wasted, and we had a really fun night. <laughs> and I, I was, because it was funny, because my gay buddy, he was trying to hit on the bi guy, and then it all just sort of happened at once. And I was like, all right, this is happening. And it was really fun. I had a really good time. <laughs> well, one of my queer guests, uh, he, he wrote in and he said, um, the oldest it is for you to do a threesome is when you can't thrust or get fucked without throwing out a hip or breaking a bone. So <laughs> I, I think that's a good There's good pillows. There's, there's, <laughs> there's straps. There's sex swings. There's all kinds of, not that I've used any of these things. I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite vanilla. <laughs> so the next question is, uh, is polyamorous the new trend? And would you be in a polyamorous relationship? You know, I would be into polyamory as long as I could be like the queen bee. Like if, if I was, if everybody was trying to, like, I just, I, my feelings could potentially get hurt if I was, like, I feel like, I mean, I could have 12 boyfriends. Gotcha. But I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be super happy about them having other girlfriends. But so, that's just because I'm a total narcissist and, you know. So your JJ is the only JJ they should want. No, no, it's not what I'm saying. It, it's more like, and it isn't the sex either, honestly. It's more of like the emotional connection. I'm like, I'm like an emotional connection junkie. I mean, okay. I was a fucking poet for God's sake. Like, I love feelings. And I love that feeling of like being wanted or being interesting or people like, you know, people being into me. I fucking love that shit. So... To kind of get that from multiple, it would be a total, it would be a dream to have that from multiple sources. I don't have that from any sources right now. So to have it from like lots of them would be like, whoa, you know, people trying to woo me or bring me gifts or just be really nice to me or, you know, try to, well, I, see, I don't know. When I first heard of polyamory and I was trying to really get into, you know, what it was all about, I thought it was just a slick way that white folks could have orgies and get away with it. <laughs> and once I kind of got off into like what the definition of it was and, uh, you know, people having consensual, you know, relationships and stuff, you know, there's a lot of trust and things that have to go on into it. I don't know if I can necessarily do it. And it's not even an ego thing. It's just most of the sisters I know, they ain't going for that shit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't happening. You know well, what I'm saying? You're right. It is a lot of trust stuff. And there's also a lot of like, are you using condoms with your other partners? Are you getting tested regularly? Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I've, I've never, well, I have a joke where I say, oh, I, when I was married, I got my first STD, sexually transmitted debt. But I, I actually have never, I, I mean, I've never had an STD at all. And I'm 47 right years old. Right on. So I've, you know, I've kept it clean up to, I guess, up to this point. I mean, that's one of the, so this will get a little deep. I, I'm very, my ex-husband, um, I was married for a while, and my ex-husband was African-American, and he never went down on me at all. And it just wasn't something that he did. And what? it just wasn't something that. Is he Jamaican? Was, no, no. He's from, uh, he's from L.A., ish area tragedy but anyways so he never did that so it's just never part of our thing and it just still isn't but that's great because herpes simplex one and two are the same herpes it's just location location <laughs> location so if somebody actually had a cold sore and i didn't recognize it and they went down on me they could absolutely give me give my my pristine gorgeous vagina herpes Trash. and so it's tragic but i've lived 47 years without it so i feel like girl you know like i fucking yeah, I got my. It's it's all nice and clean. I don't want to give it any chlamydia or gonorrhea. Chlamydia is not a flower. Right, right. If it ain't <laughs> broke, let's not fix it. That part. Is anal taboo? I mean, do you enjoy anal play or penetration? I 
don't ever want anything as large as a man's penis in my butt. But okay. I don't mind a little finger now and then, and that's fine. But I no, I think that a lot of times, like straight up anal with women is more of like a power thing. And so it isn't, because there's not a lot, like it's very pleasurable to like, you know, a little pinky is fine, you know, like mm -hmm. that's fine. But oh my God, dicks are so big for that tiny little hole. <laughs> like, so I'm just not, it's, and, and there's also like, I understand with men, like, like anal sex, go, 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 have fun. You have a prostate, there's a thing that can happen. It can be totally pleasurable and wonderful experience for you. But for me, I have a really nice, like, moist hole in the front that's easy, easy entry. And um, so I don't understand why we'd want to go the other direction if it's about my pleasure. Right, right. Right. Okay. So one of our viewers, they wrote in and um, <laughs> they spoke about the polyamorous trend. And they said, for a lot of people, it is a trend. But for many others, it's really the best way for them to be in a relationship and get their needs met. I personally cannot do it. It would be too much to manage all those different relationships. However, I would be open to an open relationship where we can sleep with other people, just no strings attached. See, now that's the difference. I don't like to sleep with people unless there's strings attached. Mm. Like, I just don't see the point anymore. I don't see the point of just sleeping around. Like, if it's fun, like the other night, well, the other night when I had my crazy little orgy with the boys, that was super fun. And... But that was like, that was just like, I'm playing, I'm having fun. It, that was different. Right. But, and that's unusual for me. That was like a weird, weird night. I was, I was overreacting to some other issues. So I, when, I, when, when things upset me in one realm of my life, I often act out in other ways. So I just was acting out that night, and I get that. But like, I like to actually have sex with people that like me because they, then they want to please me. And then I have connection with them, and I... And I like to, I don't, I mean, I'd want to do it again if it's good. I don't want to like, and then if you've done it with somebody a couple of times, like you're obviously building a relationship of some kind and there's already going to be strings attached. Right. So, I mean, like a one night stand or a super fun time, like I get that. But then, you know, I don't know. Then it's just, I, I, would, I don't know. I, I like, like attuning to my needs. A lot of that is like emotional shit. Like I've got a lot, like I require a lot of attention. So. Well, that's nothing. That's not unusual. A lot of women require <laughs> a lot of attention. Uh, a lot of us brothers, a lot of us men, have recognized that women need um, a lot of attention, and there's nothing wrong with that. God made you guys that way, or the Creator, whoever you subscribe to, uh, made it that way. And so um, I can see that. You know, uh, those are my needs. Like if you're saying in those polyamorous relationships that it's a way to get your needs met. Well, maybe it's impossible for one man to fulfill all my needs, and I might require multiple partners to for like intellectual stimulation, for right. creative stimulation, for sexual stimulation, for you know, yeah, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Some people just like to fuck, and you know, that's yeah. just their thing, and you know, any way they can get it, that's what's going on. So um, there's layers to it, but yeah. we thought we'd throw the question out there and well, see what type good. of responses we got. Um, I always, I got to chime in with my guy cause he is funny as hell. Uh, ain't no taboo. He said, motherfucker, I am a black gay bottom. If you are not trying to put your dick in my ass, we are not having sex period. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that answers that question. Um, well, but that's the thing is that there's also so much communication in that statement, but that when you're gay, you say you're a bottom and everyone, and then you, there's communication is there. You know what's going on. Right. You're a catch, you're top, you're a bottom. And, and. But they don't, we don't, I don't think that like cisgendered straight people have those kinds of conversations. Like, nah, I, I can't say that it's not a, a normal conversation that happened. Now, I have uh, entertained uh, ladies through anal who really just asked me to do it and they just love it. Well, there you go. Um, I've never personally uh, liked anal play. Uh, I've had some women try some things before, and uh, it didn't do anything good for me. Now, you know, when there is communication as far as you trying to establish a relationship and conversation is going on, um, you know, I'm open to trying some things. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But when it tried for me, it didn't do nothing for me. Gotcha. You know? So sure. I was like, eh, that's not my cup of tea. Sure. But um, I have had women who prefer. Interesting. You know, that uh, anal goes down more so than uh, their vagina. Huh. You know, so it's a strange world. We meet different people. 
Uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. <laughs> I mean, I, I, whatever people want to do, I don't care what they're, you know, if you want to do a handstand, whatever, do some gymnastics. like That part. <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want, do whatever you want in your, it, whatever turns you on, baby doll. Like, it's fine. It's do you still believe in the sanctity of marriage? Or you think that's a thing still for people? Um, so I believe in my own, I have per, personal integrity in that I never, I never cheated on my, on my ex-husband. I, I did not do that. Even when I'm not going down on you, you just never no, had I never a, cheated on him. Wow. And, but I had a relationship for, for six years, almost seven years that ended right before COVID. And I broke up with him specifically because I did not want to cheat on him. And I told him that too. I said, Hey, I'm having feelings for another person and I need to not do this anymore because I don't think it's fair to you for me to, I'm not, and I'm not going to do something where I, and, and nothing ever even came of that. Nothing even happened, but I'm really glad that I kept my personal integrity rather than, cause I could have cheated. I could have had a one night stand with this kid, right? but I, I didn't cause I didn't want to cheat because that's my integrity. Do you think you're rare in that? In that yeah, sense, absolutely. because yeah, people aren't people aren't honest. I try to be really, really honest, and um, and I don't think other people are. I think people just say whatever to get whatever they. Uh, that it, and I, it's fine. And I don't put. I'm not trying to hold anyone else to a higher standard. I just have a very high standard of myself of of honesty and um, of if I say I'm going to do something, I do it, and right. I don't back down from that. So when I was married, I was a good. I was a good wife. I can believe that. You know, for me, I always said, I mean, I'm an Aries. I'm straight to the point. Um, I don't mind telling you like it is, but I do have a hard time hurting people's feelings. Sure. And so I think that's been one of the issues with a lot of people that I talk to when we have this conversation is not wanting to hurt the other person's feelings that they're just not meeting your needs, you know, and it's best they might be out. good people. They might be great people. Uh, but when it comes to the intimacy part of the relationship or just getting those needs met, sure. they're not striking that match for you. Right. And then you just got to be honest and move on or or change the nature of the relationship. You know, that's, that's that happens, too. Makes sense to me. Makes I'm, sense to me. I'm finally friends with I'm friends with all my ex-boyfriends now. Um, I'm cordial with my ex-husband. We just don't have any reason to talk anymore. But. Um, if he did, I'd, we'd be, we'd be fine in the same room together, but I have, I have ex-boyfriends that I'm like legitimately consider like really, really incredibly good friends of mine. Okay. So we just don't have sex anymore. That, I, mean, I still love hanging out with them. That's actually a great segue. Uh, one of my other questions was, would you ever date an ex and, and, and why? And so absolutely, that's good, good information. Some people, um, wrote in that, you know, they wouldn't. Uh, date an ex just depending on how the relationship ended mm. and you know what the status was um, if they had actually done the work on themselves and you know things were different because they realized people grow and change sure. and whatnot um, I've I was married before and divorced uh, me and my ex we had a, a rough breakup and for a while we were not even speaking to each oh. other um, but things you know after time has gotten better and I consider them one of my best friends, you know oh, what I'm saying? Great. To this day, uh, we can actually talk about a lot of things where once before we couldn't. And ironically, we have even better conversations now than we did when we were together. So yeah. um, I think it is possible to date an ex. I think that is something that's, I guess there's a saying saying sometimes it's better to deal with the devil, you know, than the sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's possible. Um, okay. I think this is one for the for the ladies. Um, and you may have already answered this already. Uh, would you have a man for pleasure and then a different man for security? Um, I don't need any man for security ever. I can totally, I'm a feminist. I can do it on my own. I don't need any help from any man. I didn't even take any alimony or palimony from my ex-husband. I took no money from him. I gave him the house. I didn't take any. I took nothing that wasn't mine that I didn't earn from before. Um, I don't. I don't need I, to say to ask a man for security. What to to be my bouncer? Uh, what do you mean? Like to to pay for me? I've never had. I've never even dated because I feel uncomfortable with men paying for me in any way. I don't need any help from any man ever. In fact, I'll buy them drinks. I'll take them out. I don't. I I believe in like pure equality, and th that's what puts women behind. Is when we say that we need men for for anything really, but specifically for security. What for like financial security? Please. Like, 
I know women make 80 cents on the dollar, but I'm not, I don't, I would never need a man for security. I hear you. We need more of y'all up in Portland. <laughs> you got some friends. Y'all need, I'll get you an airplane ticket or something. You buying drinks and doing all that. No, I'm just saying I don't, I would never, I, it would make me feel uncomfortable for a man to pay for me because then I would feel, or to take care of me, because then I would feel indebted to them. Right. I would feel like I have to, I would feel a prostitution sort of thing where I have to service them. I have to do certain things right. for them because they are providing for me in a way that I can't for myself. So I, I believe in like, hundred percent autonomy as a person no. otherwise it's codependency and i already did that with my ex-husband right. like, no i don't want to be codependent on anybody ever again for anything even emotionally i could totally respect that um i think the pandemic really kind of switched some things around for people i've seen uh relationships now or people that are coexisting uh together because of those things um, because that security blanket was taken away jobs were taken away uh homes were taken away and so i've seen people actually just quite frankly, using each other, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so oh, yeah. that dynamic now exists a little bit more prevalent than maybe it was before uh, when a lot of people's securities uh, were taken away. So that's where that question was, was pulled from. But I totally can respect where you're coming from. You're an independent woman yeah. who can get things done on her own yeah. and really respects the idea of, hey, I bring something to the table. I don't need you to, you know, front my whole existence Never. type of thing. That's, I can't that, that that's even that that's even a social an idea that exists in society makes me very very sad or that it's anything that we promote right uh we we have like we yeah, we we get we get yeah. close to cool, the cool, end cool, of time, cool. man. Yeah. We just said, World I'm Premier a great Cookie time, Monsters, man. This is just going by so good. I didn't mean to to get kind of triggered by that, but that's like one of my like whole feminist. Itch. I think that I think that women are bad feminists when they want it both ways, when right. they want men to take care of them, but then they also want autonomy. You either, gotcha. you can't one or the other. Yeah, I mean, even the whole dating thing as far as, you know, who pays and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm old fashioned to the sense that I was raised to, you know, treat women and, you know, pay for the meals. And then I was thinking like a lot of times women are just dating men because they know they're going to pay. It's a free meal. They're not really interested in, in the guy. And then, you know, it's like you work hard for your money, you know, yeah. and it's like, hey, let's do this Dutch thing. You know, if you feel something later on, then we can get to it. <laughs> so I want to get to one last question before we have to wrap it up for this time. Uh, the guys, the show will be going on a little change. You're going to be bringing in some co-hosts uh, when we get back to Portland. Uh, shout out to uh, Lorraine, uh, Miss Lolo and uh, my boy Ike Chambers, uh, Mr. Ikey. Um, they're going to be co-hosting with me. So we're going to be going through some, uh, some, uh, changes on the show and, uh, making sure we keep it live and fresh. Uh, I think the last question is just one of those cheesy questions that we always ask. Um, mm. if there was a celebrity you could freak, who would it be? Keanu Reeves. Keanu. Tell and, and me why. I don't even have to tell you why. I'm just curious. Okay. Okay. So for, for the first reason his girlfriend or wife, I don't think they're married yet, she's a regular lady. She has, like, regular hair that she hasn't dyed. She's, like, she's Keanu Age's age, Keanu Reeves' age, which I think is, he's, like, a real guy. Also, he's in a band, which is super cool. And, like, oh, my God, he's so hot, fucking hot. He's half Japanese. Did you know that? He's Keanu something. Reeves, he's in, the, he's in the Matrix, for God's sake. He's the hottest guy. He's, like, tall and, like, lanky, and he, like, hits things. He's great, and he knows, I know kung fu. I mean, I'm not hating on your aunt. I know Keanu is one of those guys that a lot of women love. I mean, he has that look. He has that Or Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, too. Okay. And Brad Pitt now. Like, Brad Pitt, 50-year-old Brad Pitt. He's fucking hot as fuck. Yeah, Brad can still get it from that, a lot of women um, today. That I, Once I Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, the entire movie was so that I could <laughs> see him without his shirt on on that fucking roof. It was gorgeous. I was like, the entire movie was built so you could see Brad Pitt without his clothes on. Pam, that was you it. are fucking awesome. You know Keanu. what I'm saying? And with a name like Keanu, I mean, shit, yeah. you're going to get late. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> Listen, guys, man, my name is Eric Island, man. You guys just tapped into the first world premiere of Cookie Monsters, man. We're going to be getting this recorded and sent out to you guys all over the world. So you guys tap back in with us next time, man. And to the meantime, be safe, lick some coochie, but make sure it's clean, baby. <laughs> we out. Yay. Okay. Over hats, hanging off oh. the ad with the beautiful snaps. Riding the crest with the blessed giver, yes. Planet's kinda funky, as if you hadn't guessed. Placebo's getting blocked, funky joints get rocked. Jive is not found, we flop from the flesh. Weather Jeep lack, peek it as you bend it and float to them raps. Butterflies, planets with a jam, eight tracks. From the naughty tops with the twist and plaits. Look beneath my hat.
Find the brains that hit ya, Metro quite quick. Nose of all the funk that was laid in seven zips. Funk is fat, homie, homie, don't you know me? Cool is back, give some skin, lay it on me. Groovy, you could call it. Hip, yeah, you could call we. Vicky, sticky finger stuck us, loop junkies. If you digging rhyme, then you digging rap. Jimmy's digging this, and we be digging that. Yeah. Black Panthers would have had their own cartoon, right? I know an A-Track Walkman's right. True. The Jackson 5 would have had dread. Where my man Tito would look high, right? Word. And Jimmy would have dug Dick's plans for real. Planets busting out of this L7 square. Check out the wares. Check out the hairs. Sweet back chills with shaft on the ad. Jimmy's digging cats and that's just the ad. Where they find the stuff to freak it like a wizard, slick just like a lizard. Really, where the is it? It's just the logic from how we box it. Pop shock picks it up and drops it. We, the synthesis of then and now melts. Channel to the masses by a DJ and some felts. Long haired hippies, Afro blacks, all get together, cross the tracks because when we shows up, rhythm rolls up. Fun cannot be measured while the pleasure grows up. Life ain't what it seems, life is but a dream. Planets freaking havoc is as constant as the rain. Yeah. Accessible only to the rich. 
Hey, pro-lifers need to dig themselves because life don't stop after birth. And for a child born to the unprepared, it might even just get worse. The situation would surely change if they were to find themselves in it. Supporters of the H-bomb and firebombing clinics. What type of shit is that? Orwellian, in fact. If Roe v. Wade was overturned, would not the desire remain intact? 